I'm Ayala Marinovich. Welcome back to Strength in Words, a family enrichment program for parents, caregivers, and infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. Each episode, we get together to sing a few songs, discuss some ideas for play, outline some insight about early development, and talk about life as a parent or caregiver in those early years of parenthood. This series is time for you to be together and to feel like you're doing something good for and with your baby, small child, or multiple young children. Please follow your child's lead. Many of our episodes are recorded with a live virtual audience and followed by question and answer workshops with our guests. To be part of the next live workshop, you can start your free trial of the Strength in Words Community Lab by heading to community.strengthinwords.com. I am a mother of two young children and a pediatric speech-language pathologist. I specialize in work with very young children, but this is not to be confused with speech therapy. This is what I call family enrichment. All suggested activities are meant to be enjoyed by your baby under close adult supervision. For a more complete story of Strength in Words, please listen to my introduction episode or visit my website, strengthinwords.com. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll take just a moment of your time to leave a review on iTunes. This allows us to reach more families and share our values of education, simplicity, and respect when it comes to early learning and early parenthood. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here today. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here. We can start by saying hello to the people who are with us. Hello to Ayalit. Hello to the singers. Hello, 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 hello to the babies. Hello to the toddlers. Hello, hello, hello. Since I don't know your name, I will help you sing the song and you can fill it in. Ready? Hello to your child's name. Hello to your name. Hello, 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 everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Today we are speaking with Renee Pena Lopez. She is a licensed special education and early childhood teacher who has a passion for little people and their quirks. Let's give her a special welcome. Hello to Renee, hello to Renee, hello, 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 hello to all our new friends, hello to all our old friends, hello, 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 one last time, hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here today, hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here. Welcome to episode 59 of the Strength in Words podcast. Today I am speaking with Renee Peña Lopez. Renee is a licensed special education and early childhood teacher who has a passion for little people and their quirks. Renee pulls from her creative background in dance and her vast experience in an array of classrooms from museum education to progressive to play-based models. She truly believes that play matters in the lives of young children, and for it to matter, it must be purposeful. It is her passion to guide parents and teachers in this whirlwind time in a child's life and to figure out together how to create a strong foundation to allow young children to be their best selves. 
You can find out more about her mission to help little people at madeforyoulearning.com. Renee, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to Strength in Words. So I have asked you to come onto the show today to speak about the area of brain development known as executive functioning and how it relates to foundational learning and play in the first few years of life. But first, let's just hear a little bit about you, what brought you to the kind of work you're doing today and what it is about it that makes you so passionate. Oh my goodness, that's a, I can answer that for days. Like you said, I started in kind of creative background I was dancing all my life and I got hurt dancer injury got hurt and my aunt said like why don't you go into teaching and I said I don't know so I resisted it for the longest time I did like tutoring and finally I found like an early childhood job and I was actually administrator and the director at the time Elena would always be thankful for her she pulled me aside and said I'm going to teach preschool. You're going to be my assistant. But there were only like four kids. And I was like, um, do you need an assistant for four kids? She's like, yeah, 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 help me. So, of course, lo and behold, I was left with four kids after like a month. <laughs> and she's like, you got this. You can teach early childhood. I'm just going to tell you what to do. And like, I was like, what? What, what am I doing with these four kids? <laughs> so I kind of fell into it. And then I found out about special ed and see it work. And then she was like, you're perfect for it. You, you're dyslexic. You kind of like get kids and they like you and really understand how their brain works. And I see you. You're like always processing the information and applying it. You should really be teaching. So I mm. got my master's, all that logistical stuff that teachers get. <laughs> and then I kind of just kept digging in and kind of fell in love with preschool age kids. And especially like two to, I would say two, I still think early childhood should be to like six or seven years old. So I kind of always think those ages. And yeah, and all the like quirks and the weird things that happen. And then I became a mom and realized I know nothing. <laughs> Such a common phenomenon. And was like, okay, it's a, don't like now that you're past the guilt of not knowing anything. You know what? What are you learning from this? So I'm kind of applying also my mom world to my work as well. So yeah. it just kind of fuels everything yeah. even more so than than before and executive functioning just kept popping up for people like kids I was tutoring and kids I was helping in a classroom and I was like I don't really know what this is so I just kind of kept digging and digging and digging and one weird thing I found about this work is that nobody really has like a concrete definition hmm. <laughs> I mean they do but it's very like logistical so some people refer as like classroom management hmm. like it's more for like older kids they often think of like middle school or high schoolers but it's really like the found like you said the foundations of learning for kids so the simplest way i think of, of like your brain is a computer mm -hmm. right we have all these cognitive skills and you need to learn to control and regulate your thoughts and your emotions and your actions but what people always think of is like oh little kids can't do that like they're so emotional you know i don't want to control them and i know it's hard right but take a breath and just think that they're always developing like kids their brain develops in such a in such big spurts Basically what's happening in the world of education is that they're realizing that kids need more than classroom management and behavior management. And it really starts when kids are younger. Before the age of three, you know, they have all this brain growth. So why don't we use it, right? And use it to our benefit, both as parents and as teachers, and help them to learn to control and regulate their thoughts, their feelings, their emotions, and really be able to sit back and say, I'm building these skills for mm -hmm. life, right? Mm -hmm. So it sounds like a big ask of like little kids and 
and you know, like PJ and all those fancy guys were kind of kind of thinking about it, but they were thinking about more in a scientific, like, I want to experiment way. But, you know, we're moving now to 21st century. We're head up with technology. We're heading up with all these different trains of thought. We know a little too much. <laughs> but really, it's about peeling back to the basics. I and so, how do we how do we create this, right? So yeah, the million dollar question, of course, is what is executive functioning first of all, and then secondly, how is it related to learning and play in our infants and toddlers? Like you said, let's peel back the layers. Right. So executive functioning, the like Webster definition, is that it focuses on a brain operation system that cognitive skills, and I'm reading off my notes because I can never get it right. We need to control, regulate our thoughts, our emotions, our actions, and face a conflict or distraction. Mm -hmm. So the best way I can describe it is, I'm thinking in classroom terms because I'm a teacher, but <laughs> the best way the best way I can describe it is like my toddler, right? This morning is a great example. She wanted these grapes. These grapes are huge. <laughs> I know I have to cut them. I did not preface anything. I just took them from her, right? And just started cutting them. And what did she do? Right. And what you described, of course, is cognitive development, right? Because executive functioning does fall within that domain of development, that area of development. But of course, we know it is also highly interrelated and correlated to social and emotional development. And of course, as we talk about all the time on Strength and Words, the first three years, especially of an infant or toddler's life, it's holistic learning, guys. All of those areas of development are completely interrelated. So let's break it down even more just so that people have sort of a clear understanding. One thing that really helped me when I was in grad school learning about, you know, what is executive functioning was my professor explained it as essentially it's all of the skills that you would need to function as an executive, right? Those things like, can you name a few of the kinds of skills? Directions, control your impulses, your ability to focus, your ability to be patient, your ability to take turns, right? Sound familiar? Right? right. There's all the things that toddlers struggle with. <laughs> exactly. Make judgments and project managing. Yes. You know, getting to one step to another, transitions. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> We can all relate, right? That this is clearly a foundational skill, right? So, and it's, it's all there, right? So it's, it's crazy. Like, we're asking these, these little beings to be like, get it together because I need it to get it together. But that's basically, if you're thinking, like, executive, right? They, they'd be able to make decisions and they'll be able to say yes and no. I feel like those WH questions, right? Mm -hmm. Not even H questions, not necessarily going to tell how questions, not even why questions, just like, what do you want to eat, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you want this or do you want that? Those are still, you'd be surprised. It's depending on what age. Some kids can't answer that, right? right? 
And that's important. They have to be able to answer those questions. The ability to be patient, you know, to wait your turn actually has a tie to self-control. You know, back in the 1972, Stanford University did that experiment. I don't know if you read the experiment in grad school. You probably did. In which the marshmallows, they put in front of threes and four years old, and they told them they had to sit there 15 minutes, and that if they ate the marshmallow, then, then that was it. But then if they waited the 15 minutes, they would get a second marshmallow. Yes. First of all, the fact that you had a marshmallow there, I, don't, I think I would have failed. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're incentivized by marshmallows, Irene. I, I was like, oh, man. They found the study over decades yeah. that the kids who weren't able to, to delay gratification, right? We live in such an instant gratification world that they had higher issues of, like, problem of behavior and learning in school and then the kids who waited had like higher SAT scores mm. and all those positive things. And what age, um, tell, remind us again, what age did they do that uh, experiment with? Three to five year olds. Three to five year olds. So that preschool mm-hmm. age, yeah. Right. So and some kids can be expected to have some sort of executive functioning and self-regulation exactly. skills within that age range and and some struggle with it which of course alludes to the fact that obviously with toddlers and older infants of course yeah. we're gonna find that this is a tough thing to manage okay Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. how are these skills related to learning and play so I, I think oftentimes we think I tie to language with these toddlers right um and to be able to help simplify their language in their head because they're learning to self-regulate and control mm-hmm. and try to process and understand it. So I often, I like when, I think it was the happiest toddler, kind of said, like, speak to your toddler like a caveman. Hmm. <laughs> and he said, state the obvious, you know, like, so I know it feels, and oftentimes when you talk to a toddler who's angry, right, they're not listening to you. They have shut right. down and stopped listening to you. So I often, like, sit with my daughter, and I'll sit there, and I'll just say, I know this is tough, and I feel angry, and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> and then later on, I'll have a conversation with her where I said, Remember when you were angry about X, Y, and Z? And she'll look at me and go, uh-huh. And it, it seems simple, but it sets up the... She actually started these big emotions at 13 months. Mm-hmm. And I remember she turned exactly 13 months and threw herself on the floor. And I was like, what? This is this is happening to me? And I remember going, okay, this, this can affect your play skills, right? Because mm. how are you going to socialize? How are you going to get to parallel play if you're sitting there frustrated about taking something away from you? So I started that language, just processing, not outwardly, but inwardly. I can see that she's starting to internalize that information and go, okay. Or I'll say, like, she's an independent kid. She tends to be a Montessori type of kiddish. Mm. She wants to do everything herself, even more than a typical toddler, like a little more than I'm, like, expecting. And so... <laughs> often say like you can do hard things because if she doesn't get it in the first try she like drops it and runs away mm. so that can affect her in a long term executive functioning wise because she doesn't have the patience and the tenacity to stay with a project right right so you can see how kind of like domino effects later on mm-hmm. right because um, it's all connected to this sort of ability to have the patience to problem solve to work through something to, like you said, impulse control, like I'm feeling mad, how do I deal with that, right? So I love how you said, and we'll get more into this in a little bit, but 
the idea that you were providing this sort of emotional language for her. You were acknowledging how she was feeling and then relating even how you were feeling. And when we do that, when we use emotional language with our kids, we are providing them the tools. So that's fantastic. And I can't wait to hear more about that, Renee. But for just a second, we're going to take a brief break to hear a word from our sponsor. And then we're going to hear a few tips and some resources from Renee about her favorite ways to make play sort of more purposeful and some additional resources that she recommends to families who are interested in seeking out resources about this topic. We were not meant to parent in isolation. The Strength in Words Community Lab brings you peace of mind. You have what matters when you need it most. We are your parenting brain trust the place where you can have adult conversations about your baby's babbling and where you're lifted up rather than bogged down. If you're a parent or caregiver with an infant and or a toddler, we are both an early parent support and parent education hub. We're a group of families connected by the shared experience of early parenthood and strong believers in the notion that co-parenting in a positive, nurturing environment can make us each stronger. The Community Lab is an all-in-one resource that is not one-sized-fits-all. To join us in finding joy in the mayhem, take your free trial at community.strengthandwords.com. Okay, Renee, let us hear some tips. What are some of those tips and strategies that you sort of encourage families to integrate into their play to make that sort of more purposeful and to integrate those executive functioning skills or those emerging skills uh, in terms of learning and, and brain development? So I started a bit with the um, emotional language with kids and um, being able to, to name their... So I often, I, I often use that. I also use my daughter's... In this case, she, she's, she has something she loves. It's vodka, it's a cow. And I often, often use her doll um, to talk to, but I'll, I'll plant seeds. So I'll plant a seed at bedtime. Like right now, we're working on potty training. Mm. And then I can do it with the book. Or I'll plant a seed. You can either make books. You can easily take pictures and send them out to those companies. Those who print pictures, you mean? Picture books. Yeah. And then they like, send it back to you in a picture book, right? Yes. Yeah. To help with... You know, just to give her context, because really that's what we're guiding to our children right now to do. Yeah. Giving context to their purpose. Um, and their play is their work, is their life, what they're living right now. Yeah. So if your child's in symbolic play, you're going to give her context. So I see you're feeding the baby, and babies like to be held, and babies like to have bottles. So your your job as the parent slash teacher of these littles is to help give them context in their world and nice. make those ties and connections. Another thing I think about is environment. I try to keep a play space really simple mm-hmm. and not cluttered so much, and I make like a cozy area for her to feel safe when she feels unsafe and wants to be kind of like rough and tumble and get that energy out mm-hmm. because I think kids sometimes need that safe space right now her she does that a lot with her father so they have a lot of that context of like rough and tumble for that feedback because you know littles are very sensory based which they should be we all sensory right but toddlers really have it more they really seek it seek it more than others mm. and then I would say like 
definitely tie in as they get older board games to help with their working memory. Mm-hmm. So they have like apples to apples junior and they have like really simple ones. So it's even like a simple version of Candyland and all those. We've five. done like some matching games or things exactly. like that. Mm-hmm. And socks, like you can take two, you can kind of lay out when you do laundry, like lay out all your socks and have them just help you match out yeah. which socks go with which ones. So I also simple one step directions, like go throw that in the trash mm-hmm. and come back to me, you know, yeah. and then move on to two steps. Or so like go get your coat and then get your shoes. Use your working memory and follow directions. That's great. My my husband, just as an example, because I love this and I think this is gold. My husband, when my older son was like two, three, almost three years old, he'd start, he'd say, all right, I'm going to give you a mission. And my, my son would get so excited. He'd say, okay, what's this special mission, right? What's the special thing I get to do with my, with my dad? And he'd give him like a one or a two or a three-step direction. It was usually one or two. And then it would be like this fun thing, and he'd come back for another mission, right? That's great. So, so I love how this can be super simple, and, and you're taking a skill that, like you said, later on down the line, kids would do these things naturally in things like board games or tabletop tasks in like kindergarten or elementary school or even preschool type environment. But backing it up with our toddlers, this is wonderful. Like just simplifying literally like the laundry. I love that matching of socks or like taking a magazine or I've done this like if you're traveling, having like two of the travel magazines and then cutting up the two pictures that are matching and finding the matching pictures, stuff like that. And I have, those are kinds of things that I have on the Strength and Words blog and I'll link to that here as well. But yeah, this is great. I love it, Renee. Keep going. Let's hear more. I would say it's many uh, social stories. Yes. Like, so you want to create flexible thinkers, right? That problem solving and that the demands of our world, right? We can easily, it's hard to tell us, like, making them flexible. Yeah. But um, <laughs> the demands of, of our world is that we need to create problem solvers, right? Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of problems in regards to solving. But what we're saying about the books you can send out, which I didn't get to finish that thought. Sorry. Which is basically you're creating a social story. Yes. And you're telling it in a context for this child in their world, right? using their what they understand of you and your family and your pictures and you can make it up anything it can be mm-hmm. as simple as we like to take a trip to the library you know what do we do we first you know put on our coats and shoes and then we go xyz and then we drop off the books at the library and then we all sit and read a story so really social stories help kids to understand the world around them and you know we do it all the time when we're reading books but I personally like them because as you get older kids you can just start giving you know when they're three and four or even two and a half they can look at the pictures and they tell you yeah. the words and you can write them down so it's something that can kind of grow over time right opposed to just kind of being dropped and then you have a nice collection of books together that you created yeah so you're having like your own library of giving stories that's know? great that's great and, you know yep go on and on yeah, that's awesome. And guys, if you remember, we've we've talked about social stories a little bit with Leslie Hayden in a recent episode about um, raising and working with kids on the autism spectrum as well. And social stories are, like Leslie said and like Renee is saying, totally a wonderful tool to be used with any kid, any toddler. This age group is a perfect way to use 
familiar, like you were saying, Renee, give them context for what they're learning and what they're experiencing. And that's how, that's how they learn. And that's how they can develop those regulation skills and executive functioning skills. That's awesome. Thank you. So Social Stories by Carol Gray, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes. What are some other resources that you can share with us as far as your favorites for families who'd like to learn more? So I like Me, A Mind in the Making by Ellen Galansky. Her book is lovely. The Happiest Child on the Block by Harvey Park. Mm -hmm. He's amazing. I just, you know, I, I love his work. I think it really gears to busy parents and busy educators who nice. are always trying to kind of hone in their practices. And then this is more for preschool age kids, but Smart But Scattered by Peg hmm. Dawson. She has like a series of books, so it goes even up to like college age students. So mm. it's just nice to, to hear from, it's not a one-time thing. I think oftentimes we think, oh, I did that already, you know, but it's, right. it builds upon each other. And so as it keeps building, executive function just builds upon each other over time. It's just mm. skills upon skills. I like this series because it builds over time. Yes. Opposed to, opposed like a one specific season in your life. Yeah, that's lovely. It's true. And I love how you say that because all of these skills that we talk about as far as infant and toddler development, they build upon each other. It's all emerging skills. We're not going to see a child who, especially with things like cognition and social emotional skills and with toddlers, like some days they are making those connections and they can be empathetic or recognize their emotions. And some days and some moments they won't be able to. And as I think as parents and caregivers, that can be just so infuriating because we know that they can do it some days or some specific seconds. But then other times they just can't so the more that we can do to mitigate that and like you were giving at the beginning the example of the grape right you were saying okay I knew it was too big so I just took it away but if you do those little things like anticipate and acknowledge like oh that looks like a big grape what do you think we should do? We might need to do something about that. And just give them the little tools. And of course, like Renee and like myself, we are not always going to be able to do that because we're all human like our toddlers. But I love that. That's that's great. Do you have any other favorite resources that you want to share with us? This has more to do with quirks than anything else. But quirks, you said? Yeah, understood.org. So understood.org deals with kids with like disabilities from autism to dyslexic to, I mean, just all the range. Mm -hmm. And they have resources and they have parenting kind of boards. Great. And understood.org goes from actually, I believe it's toddler to college age students. And it's for, as a parent resource, teachers can use it too, but geared to, towards parents. And, you know, they just ask questions. Like, so it's nice to have that feedback if you feel like if you feel like your kid is inflexible for a long period of time mm. in a typical milestone, I would say, right? You might see signs of, like, autism or you might see some of the signs that you're not sure if it's kind of happening. Mm -hmm. um, Understood.org is just a good resource for Great. That. Great. And then if people would like to learn a little bit more about you and what you have going on, Renee, where can they find you online? Yeah, so I am at www.madebelearning.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much, Renee. And thanks to all of our Community Lab members who are here listening live. So we're going to now 
continue the discussion and open up for a Q&A session for you guys in just a minute. But for everyone listening from home or on the go, thanks so much for joining us and we will see you next time. Thanks for being here. See you later. What will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye to the babies. Goodbye to the toddlers. Goodbye, bigger kids. Goodbye to the siblings. Goodbye to the grown-ups. Goodbye to the singers. Goodbye, I yell it. Goodbye to this music. We laughed and we played. We're getting very clever. This is what counts being here together. Thanks so much, everyone. Did you know that I recently launched a book and that it hit the Amazon bestseller list within the first week? If you have or are expecting an infant, know someone who has an infant or work with infants, I know you will love my bestseller, Understanding Your Baby, a week-by-week development and activity guide for playing with your baby from birth to 12 months. You can learn more by heading over to strengthandwords.com backslash book or by searching for the book Understanding Your Baby by me, Ayelet Marinovich, on Amazon. Do you like the hello and goodbye songs we feature on every episode? You can find those and a whole host of other songs on our Strength and Words Music for Families album, available for purchase straight from our website at strengthandwords.com backslash music for families, or on iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Digital Music. If you haven't yet done so, please do leave a review of the Strength and Words podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. That helps other people find the good work we're doing. Don't forget to check out community.strengthandwords.com, your content and community hub that supports and nurtures you so you can nurture your tiny humans. Come take a free trial on me. See you next time.